Hello, I'm Brian Hubbard. And I'm Lynn McTaggart. And we are What Doctors Don't Tell You. And welcome to this, our latest vlogcast and podcast and any other cast you can think of. Um, before we get going with the news, we're just on the, on the verge of a new issue coming out in the stores across America and the UK. And this is what it looks like for those of you on the vlogcast. For those of you who aren't vlogging, Lynn, tell us a little bit about this next issue. Well, it's a really fabulous issue because it's got, it's kind of a food investigation. Mm -hmm. We've done a story that is about the main foods that prevent cancer. And this is by the, the famous nutritionist and food expert, Ocean Robbins. And we are also, we also have an amazing story about the dangers of certain free foods. Now, lots of people are now eating gluten-free foods and sugar-free foods and fat-free foods and all kinds of free-from foods. And this gives the lowdown on the problems with a lot of those foods, that they can be actually more dangerous for you than foods that contain the original thing, even sugar. So make sure to have a look at this. We also cover things like um, natural treatments for eczema and lung disease. Uh, we've always got pet stories in there and how to do natural treatments for pets. We've got some amazing things about your healthy house and how to avoid a really nasty chemical that is very pervasive and loads, loads more. Great. Well, that looks like an essential read. So everyone should look out for that in their stores in America and the UK. In America, it's in all Whole Foods, Barnes and Nobles, and goodness knows where else, and in the UK across most of the supermarkets. Uh, so yeah, look out for your copy, and if you can't find a copy, well, it's high time you subscribed. And you can do so by going to our website, wddty.com. So yeah, okay, great. Well, look, without further ado, let's get on with some news. 5G mobile cell phone network is going to be rolled out across the world, certainly the Western world, by 2020. And it's going to make possible the Internet of all things. So it's going to be the whole new cutting-edge technology that's going to allow you to do everything on your phone. Um, but there's a problem. A group of scientists and, and doctors are calling for a halt to the rollout of the new 5G mobile cell phone network because they say there are serious health hazards associated with the network. And the problem is, as with a lot of mobile phone research, almost none of it is being done independently. In other words, virtually all of mobile phone research is being paid for by the mobile phone, cell phone industry. And guess what? Every single time the study comes back with another clean bill of health, which isn't really convincing to a lot of nations. For example, in France, there is a ban on the use of Wi-Fi in primary schools in, for children under the age of 12. Similar ban is happening in Russia. <clears throat> Nonetheless, we're seeing this rollout happening seems to be because there's a lot of money involved in this. Governments around the world are taking in loads of money from the mobile cell phone operators who weren't the, won the first slice of the 5G network. 
Anyway, these scientists have got together and they reckon that uh, the 5G network can increase the risk of cancer, affect fertility and cause neurological disorders such as learning and memory problems, even Alzheimer's disease. Now, the 5G appeal, as the scientists call themselves, are asking the European Union to halt the development of the new network until these independent studies are carried out. And, um, you know, when there have been about two or three independent studies. One was actually paid for by the American government. And again, it came out saying that, you, you know, there is a danger with these cell phones causing brain tumours. So independent studies are keep keep coming up with these health concerns, which the uh, cell phone industry supported research just isn't. And they say, look, this is too important. You know, people's health is paramount, and five um, G network and uh, internet of all things is secondary to that. And um, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, whether or not they they're going to be listened to. But they've certainly made that demand to the EU. And we, we await with further interest. Absolutely. And this is just the latest in the electromagnetic field saga. There's been an underappreciation of the dangers of EMFs, and most particularly those connected with cell phones and uh, computers, but particularly cell phones. They were driven ahead really because of the amount of money that this represents for governments. So a lot of those independent studies are minimized or attacked, not only by the cell phone companies themselves, but also by governments, because the cell phone companies have to pay them a lot of money to put up all of these cell towers, etc. So it's really important that the independent voices come through. People like George Carlos in America has been a lone voice for some of the dangers of Wi-Fi, indiscriminate use of Wi-Fi. The big problem is now it's so ubiquitous. What do you do? Mm. One of the things that you can do is turn it off at night. That is one of the really essential points with Wi-Fi. Just cut your exposure while you sleep. That makes a big difference. The other thing you can do is don't hold this up to your ear for hours at a time. Those kinds of fast-growing brain tumors, gliomas, that have been associated with cell phone use, in most cases have to do with people who talked on the phone for at least an hour or more. And that means just holding it up to your head. If you need to talk on the phone, use one of the special wires, not necessarily the ones that come with your phone, with earphones, that enable you to do that without that radiation going to your head. But it's mainly that, and try not to keep it on your body all the time. You know, keep it in a jacket, take it off, keep it near you, but not next to you. And don't sleep with it next to your head. Mm -hmm. A lot of young kids are so keen not to miss anything that this is right next to their pillow mm -hmm. when they're sleeping. Or they're right, it's right next to their head as their alarm clock. So try to keep it away from you, and whenever you can, turn off Wi-Fi. And it's interesting with the 5G network, although it's much, much faster and more powerful, 
it actually needs more masts because um, the 5G radiation seems to only transmit across shorter distances than compared to, say, the four of the 3G networks. So that means more masts are going to have to be installed in urban areas just to get the message through. And of course, you know, I mean, we're already seeing in, in the UK, I think in America too, a lot of churches are making up the money by allowing their spires to be used for, for masts and schools are do, have been doing the same. Uh, I think a lot of parents have objected to this and oftentimes those masts have been taken down. But they'll be hunting down areas where they can put up more masts yep. just to make this 5G technology work properly. And of course that then increases again the our exposure to the EMFs. Now let's mm. tell you what we did when we were threatened with that some years ago. Uh, they were going to put up a phone mast basically right across the street from one of our daughter's bedrooms. So <clears throat> our whole neighborhood was up in arms. We came together as a neighborhood and we decided to create our own people's campaign, housewife's brigade, as I like to call it. And what we did was each family took on a job. So one person put up a, uh, the, it was kind of like a, a, a like a big box that demonstrated what she painted to show how big this mast was going to be. We had to come up with certain objections with our local council, as we have over here in the UK, but it couldn't be on health grounds. So we had to use other things like it being unsightly, it being difficult for people with disabilities to get around if it was on the pavement, all of that kind of stuff. We put up posters since we're a publishing company um, with <clears throat> imitating the uh, phone mast company's logo, which was orange, and 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 their slogan, which was the future's bright, the future's uh, orange. And we had the future's bright, the future's irradiated. And we had the picture of a child's drawing of a kid getting very sick from a phone mast. Anyway, and someone else did petitions, etc. Our little housewife's brigade was highly effective. Not only one time, but two times, we stopped Orange's, Orange's phone masks, and they were voted down by the council. So that's the kind of thing you can do as a community. If you don't want these phone masks on your doorstep, and I really encourage you to avoid that. They're very, they're very powerful. They're very dangerous. Get together and object. Yeah, I was actually one of the honorary housewives, to be fair. <laughs> Um, but the thing was, it's you know, just to finish this point, is you know, you have to meet the councils on their ground and their language. You cannot object to these things on health grounds. And I think the term we actually had to use was street furniture. So it's inappropriate street furniture. And they said, ah, now you're talking our lingo. We don't want that either. So there you are. That's That's how we won the day. But anyway... Thanks very much, Lynn. Yeah, and it's important if you are going to uh, try to protest, study the laws about it and then fight on those grounds. Take an aspirin a day to keep the doctor nice and close by, I think. It's um, almost every day there's another story coming out about how great aspirin is as a just-in-case um, daily, daily dose you should have. And it's... It, and now the latest research that came out said it also protects against um, colon cancer. But unless you have an existing heart condition, 
There really is no evidence to suggest that taking an aspirin a day is going to do you any good. Furthermore, uh, researchers from King's College London have demonstrated the reverse of that. In fact, it does you great harm. And they're saying that anyone who is perfectly healthy, has no pre-existing heart condition, really should not be taking an aspirin a day because there are the, any sort of risks are far outweighing any benefits. And in particular, the, um, the, the risk of major life-threatening bleeding increases 50%. And they estimate that would mean that um, one out of every 200 people who had taken an aspirin would suffer a major and potentially life-threatening bleed. And so, you know, they're saying, look, it really isn't worth it. The risks are too great and you're better off doing something far, you know, eat, eat better, exercise, do whatever, but don't take an aspirin if you're well. Uh, the whole aspirin myth has been a really interesting one because, number one, we don't really know how aspirin works. Nobody really understands what mm. aspirin does. Um, it has pain-killing effects uh, that we know. Um, it comes from willow bark. We know that. And that has pain-killing effects as a natural mm. substance. Mm. But in terms of preventing heart disease, it's very dubious, the evidence about about this preventive effect of low-level aspirin. Yeah. But compare that to the very real and documented dangers of gastrointestinal bleeding and its effect on the gut, um, particularly the non-buffered variety. And, you know, you have a risk-benefit equation that just doesn't Add yeah, up, Brian. Yeah, and it's interesting. They also looked at the cancer business because this has been in the news a lot that, that the aspirin can protect against colon cancer, and they're saying, well, whatever the mechanism is that's going on, not only is it causing gastrointestinal bleeding, it also increases the chance of some cancers. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, they're saying, you know, there are better ways of doing this, folks. You know, just eat well, eat healthily, but you don't have to take these drugs. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. With, with every drug, there is a side effect. So just realize that there are better ways to do preventive medicine. Ah, eagle-eared amongst you will recall we, we talked about hypertension, high blood pressure in our last uh, podcast. But more news has come out, and it's quite interesting because uh, new research is suggesting that high blood pressure is actually the result of a zinc deficiency. And that simply taking zinc supplements could be all it needs to start normalizing your blood pressure levels. Now, zinc deficiency is quite a, quite a major thing because it's already been linked to type 2 diabetes and chronic kidney disease. But the fact that it could also cause hypertension is news. And um, it's come from researchers at the Wright State University in the States and um, it's all to do with the way our kidneys handle sodium, either when we're excreting it into the urine or reabsorbing it into the, blood, into the body. But uh, in, any, in any event, it seems to be this link between the way sodium is, is processed by the body and, and zinc itself seems to be causing uh, blood pressure levels to rise. Um, so the reverse of that must also be true, that uh, good levels of zinc uh, in our systems mean blood pressure levels should be normal and um, so th and apparently um, 
zinc deficient people are developing hypertension and they're also excreting less sodium in their urine. And so this seems to be the link that these uh, researchers have discovered. So I think um, zinc, one of the absolute key minerals that we need is, is uh, I'm sure you'd like to wax lyrical about zinc for a minute, Lynn. Zinc is so important for so many different things, and this is just another demonstration of it. But also zinc is deficient in most of us mm. if you don't take supplements because it just has to go, has to do with the fact that our food is grown on mineral deficient soil these days. And so things like magnesium and zinc are deficient in most diets, even healthy diets, even organic diets. So this is one reason why when people say you can get everything you need from your diet, a well-balanced diet, well, you used to be able to do that. You can't anymore. Um, you know, food like carrots uh, contain just a tiny fraction of the nutrients they used to contain. So now we really do have to rely on supplements, and one of those key supplements is zinc. One thing in taking zinc, and usually you're recommended to take about 30 to 50 milligrams a day, um, make sure that it's something like zinc orotate, one of the easier types of zinc to digest, uh, zinc citrate. Also take it away from other things. So one of the best ways to take zinc is the last thing at night. You know, just before you're going to go to bed, pop a zinc pill. And, and if you're a, if you're a man, animals. doesn't it protect against prostate problems? It does indeed. Mm. It's very good to take that as a preventative against all kinds of issues with prostate. Mm. Great. Thanks, Lynn. CBD oils derived from cannabis and they're getting you high, but only in terms of health, it seems. They first came to prominence really only a few years ago when it was found that they were helping a young boy. No, it was a young girl. Charlotte. It was Charlotte, um, who had endless numbers of epileptic fits every day, and her parents didn't know what to do, and they'd read something about CBD oil and epilepsy, and they really were at their wits end, they said, well, there's nothing else we can do. And they gave CBD to Charlotte. And within days, her epileptic fit started to diminish to the extent that she only has now one or two a year when she was getting hundreds of them every week. And this really started to put CBD on the map. And uh, since when... It's been used for any range of problems from depression, anxiety. Um, it's even quickened uh, the speed that bones heal, believe it or not. I mean, it is extraordinary. And um, it's it, it doesn't get you high because it doesn't contain that element of, of the cannabis plant. Um, but here's the news. Um, in Europe... Um, they're now looking to clamp down on CBD products under the claim uh, of the um, EU that they are novel foods. Now, a novel food, according to the European Parliament, is anything that has been adopted since 1997. So, you know, in itself, this piece of legislation is, is, a, is a clamp down on anything that's innovative. 
So anything that has really been developed or taken up since 1997 is deemed to be a novel food. CBD oils and other products fall into that category, as do uh, chia seeds, creole oil and vitamin K. We're also in the, uh, in the headlights right now. And, um, but uh, obviously the news is about CBD. And um, in the UK, that uh, trading standards have been ordered to raid stores and pull the products off the shelves. Since uh, this news first came out, which was only just a couple of weeks ago, CBD oil sales have risen 800%. So people are already stockpiling. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not the Brexit, but this is still to do with the EU, and it's all about mm. stockpiling things that people want. So it's... Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's quite uh, quite a concern, and I think what's really disappointing about this news is that there actually is quite a lot of research already out there. Researchers are very keen to do even more, but what is out there already is very positive, and they're not seeing adverse reactions to it. And um, yeah, I think the same thing. I mean, why? pull this stuff it's like the other week we we're talking about this product was just kicking the doors down and just putting the products out and they're doing the same with this well mm. why don't we just find out if it actually is doing good i mean research which is independent is thus far demonstrating that it is well let's do more research don't just mm. don't just ban these things well this is a continuation of <clears throat> a very highly political move that occurred back in the early part of the millennium, mm. when the European Union decided it was going to put limits on vitamins across Europe, uh, limits on the safe highest dose mm. on vitamins, as well as <clears throat> suggesting that we create a so-called level playing field. And by that, what they meant was there were certain kinds of supplements that were allowed in more liberal countries like um, Britain and the Netherlands, and in other countries, there were lower lower levels allowed. So they wanted to kind of leaven, you know, level the playing field. But what it really was about was a lot of industry lobbying by the pharmaceutical industry to try to take control of the cheap vitamin industry. And so the people who got harmed were the quality, um, innovative vitamin manufacturers, usually smaller. And the people who stand to gain are the big pharmaceutical companies who are desperate to get in on mm. the supplement market, this gigantic supplement market. So I smell a huge rat here. Um, they, <clears throat> the EU talked about doing something about novel foods many years ago. And as you say, it created a guilty and less proven innocent situation mm -hmm. where the only people who can really carry out the kind of studies that will enable these products to go back on the market are the big, big companies, i.e. the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a blatant attempt by that industry. And the EU has had a lot of corruption and a lot of infiltration from the pharmaceutical industry, a lot of lobbying, a lot of pressure, and the insiders that we know who have done a lot of work there trying to preserve vitamin laws say they see this all the time. Mm. And I think this is a, a, 
a land grab, essentially, by the pharmaceutical industry mm. to get this and to get all of those great supplements like krill oil, the best one for omega-3s, um, says many, many quarters, um, and vitamin K, an absolutely essential vitamin for maintaining bone health. Um, and to take those off the market is nothing less than criminal. Mm. Well, there's a clue here. Another thing that uh, CBD oil is good at is relieving pain. And guess what? In the last four or five months, the sale of painkillers for drugs have been falling away quite dramatically. So there, go figure. Well, we all know processed foods are bad for us. Even the Sunday Times! You know, the UK paper is saying that processed foods are bad for you. I mean, who would have thunk? I mean, everyone, everyone gets this, right? Everyone gets it. But uh, there's been an interesting piece of research that gives this an added dimension. And it's the emulsifiers in processed foods that uh, help to balance the foods, but also extend their shelf life. But... Um, Researchers have discovered that emulsifiers um, are causing inflammation in our gut that is passing to the brain and it's called causing all sorts of so-called mental problems, behavioral problems, anxiety, antisocial behavior. And they feel that it's the emulsifiers, who would have thought is certainly one of the unsuspected cause of all this, is actually to blame. And um, when you think that the emulsifiers are causing inflammation, that suggests to me that they could be behind a whole host of health problems from heart disease, arthritis, diabetes, and indeed some cancers. I mean, the researchers, I should say, don't go that far. They are merely linking the emulsifiers to antisocial behavior, anxiety. But my suggestion is if the key component of this is inflammation, then I would suggest it could also be causing heart disease. And that could be you know, one of the keys as to why processed foods are so bad for us. Well, I think this is another example of following the money. Mm. Because aside from the pharmaceutical industry, the big food industry is also um, got a lot to answer for, essentially. There's been very little testing and a lot of um, maneuvering around the preservatives, the chemicals, the things like emulsifiers, the, you know, the additives of every variety, the colorants, the fake sugars, all of that stuff, and all of the things that go into processed food have managed to do so without the kind of studies that really need to be done to ask the simple question, is this fit for human consumption? And of course, we're discovering more and more and more that preservatives, that insecticides, that all of the raft of stuff and additives and colorants that are put into processed foods are indeed not good for us. They're causing all kinds of health problems. And this is just the latest. So if one-tenth of the kind of rigor that was applied to these that is applied to things like that are really helping people like mm. CBD oil mm. and and vitamins, then you'd see a lot of this stuff disappearing off the shelves. But there's one very simple rule of thumb. Don't eat anything 
that is processed, that is added to, that is enhanced in any way, in any way interfered with. Just one simple thing. Cook from scratch and you will be healthy. Great. Well, thank you, Lynn. Um, that about wraps it up for another week. But our marketing manager says, please ask people to like this, to pass it on to friends. It's copyright free, so do what you like with it. Comment on it, say nice things, but say something. And we'd appreciate that. So thank you very much. So look, that's it from me this week. I'm Brian Hubbard. Thank you again for watching and or listening. And I'm Lynn McTaggart. And don't forget about our latest issue coming on sale next week. And also, if you do like us, please make a comment about it. Just to have, please give us a rating. We'd really love to hear from you. <laughs>